Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Dr. Carolyn Dean is the author of over 50 books, including the bestseller, The Magnesium Miracle, and other noted publications, including IBS for Dummies, Hormone Balance, Death by Modern Medicine, and over 110 Kindle books to date. Dr. Dean is committed to helping anyone understand more about nutrients, their requirements in the body, and ways to promote health and vitality in a proactive manner. In 2015, Dr. Dean launched the RNA Reset brand based on nutrient protocols she built through over 40 years of experience in private healthcare practice. Dr. Dean's career as a medical doctor and naturopath resulted in a collection of unique proprietary formulations that support precise applications while remaining safe for everyday use. Dr. Dean continues to provide her leadership and vision for enabling people to take control of their own health. This includes her 45 years of educational resources, including guidebooks, presentations, and a history of other audio, video, and written assess- assets Excuse me, for anyone wanting to learn more about nutrients and their health. Dr. Carolyn Dean, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Balanced Body Radio. Thank you, Casey. Great to be here. It's great to host you. I'm so glad you're sitting on the ground the way that I do. You're matching me. I absolutely love it. I do have a question. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I have a question about your Zoom background. That's not real, is it? I see some like palm trees and everything. That's That's a fake Zoom background there. No, the palm trees are swaying in the wind. It's real. It's Uh, amazing. Okay, so that's where I was a little bit confused. We've had this scheduled for a few weeks. You had plenty of time to fly me out to Maui. You could have hosted (laughs) me for a few weeks there. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know where the disconnect Mm -hmm. was. (laughs) I know. Yeah, and I even have a a firm that I um, support. So I I could have put you up on the farm. You could have been working with the El Salvadorians, digging up the turmeric. Oh, there Mm -hmm. you go. Wow. (laughs) Well, (laughs) next time we'll have to definitely do that. You are absolutely thriving and look fantastic at at over 70 years of age. Your content is prolific. To this day, you're putting out so much content that's really, really helpful. And, And I'm really excited to deep dive into this topic with you. It was a few weeks ago, I was at my local grocery store and... And I saw this really nice couple and I could tell they were like looking at different supplements and they were looking for a magnesium supplement in particular. And, you know, I've spent, you know, over 15 years in personal training and a good part of that was selling supplements and making commission on it. And I, so I stepped in, I'm like, Hey guys, maybe I can answer some questions. They said, yeah, we we're wondering, we're wondering if this is the right type of magnesium for what we're looking for. And I said, I know enough about magnesium to know that I don't know that question. There's like 50 different kinds of magnesium. And so I knew that I wanted to get a magnesium expert on to our show. And it was hard to find somebody who doesn't sell their own magnesium, which you do in fairness. And and it's for the reason that, you know, you couldn't find what you were looking for out there. And and I just want to say like, we landed on you because you do such a great job of educating your clients and your people through podcasts and everything. And I know this would be a really unbiased and balanced talk about magnesium. And we're just so grateful for all of your work and grateful to host you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's it's an incredible topic. Um, and I've been through all the different ramifications of magnesium because um, when I was in New York um, doing an AIDS, chronic fatigue, alternate therapy uh, um, research study in, in the early 90s, for Pete's sakes, I started to go on local TV. I was on The View a lot until they started doing drug advertising. And um, a book publisher asked me to publish some little health books. 
And then Random House said uh, they wanted me to write a book on magnesium. And I thought, that's crazy, 300 pages on one mineral. But when I started doing the research, I found out that magnesium is responsible for your muscles and nerves working properly. If you're if you don't have enough magnesium, your muscles will tighten up. So anything you can think of, you know, an eye tick, Charlie horse leg cramps, restless legs, your heart going into any sort of spasm, which can cause a, a heart rhythm problem, um, headaches, muscle tension, um, gramophone thoughts, you, your mind just won't shut down, anxiety. I mean, I, I've gotten about 65 different major symptoms of magnesium deficiency, all of which are then treated with drugs. And come to find out with all these symptoms, I had the headaches and the poor sleep, insomnia, muscle tension. I thought I had fibromyalgia. Uh, Not chronic fatigue, though. It never interrupted my energy. I think I kept my adrenals pumped up. but, But that will use up more of my magnesium. So when I went to take magnesium for my symptoms, because I knew, okay, this is the answer, uh, it gave me the laxative effect. And, and it's like, then you stop. It's like, you, you hear from some people, well, if you get the laxative effect, that means you're saturated. And there's no way I was saturated on 10 milligrams of magnesium. So yeah, I wrote the book, and then I spent the next 10 years trying to find um, a magnesium or a mineral company that would research and make a non-laxative magnesium. Because by that time, I was finding out that, wow, 80% of known metabolic functions require magnesium. 80%. I mean, that's huge. And so what I realized is um, we know that about the, the symptoms of magnesium deficiency. We take it, we get supposedly saturated, we get the the laxative effect, and then we we keep going. We turn away from magnesium and look for other solutions to these magnesium deficiency problems. So after 10 years, I finally found a chemist and he had a pr- process that he was using on something else. So he concentrated uh, magnesium chloride and stabilized the ions of magnesium, kind of separated the magnesium from the, the chloride And in this stable form, when you shoot um, a laser that senses particles, when you shoot a laser through a bottle of this picometer-sized magnesium, nothing shows up. So it means it's, you know, you can't say subatomic because it's like ions or atoms of, of magnesium. And they just go right into the cells. Boom. From not being able to take, you know, 10 to 50 milligrams of magnesium to help myself and um, to get my some relief, I was soaking in Epsom salts baths all day. Um, so compared to 10 to 50, given the laxative effect, I was able to t- take 1,200 milligrams of magnesium for a year and a half. I, I began to feel better really quickly, but for a year and a half, I went to completely depleted to totally saturated to the point where I could take a couple of days off my magnesium and not get my symptoms back. Wow. But magnesium, it's water soluble. It goes in, it goes out. You have to keep replacing it. 
the stress we're under will use up magnesium. The plants don't have magnesium anymore. When I moved here to Maui, I immediately got involved with a biodynamic organic firm that I now support. And I, I tried for the umpteenth time to be a vegetarian, you know, that didn't, and go on, you know, a diet from the farm. And I couldn't do it. You know, heart palpitations came back right away, leg cramps. And so I realized, you know, this business about we can get it all from our diet. I, I really seriously believe that ship has sailed. And it may be that we can amend the soil and get enough nutrients, but nobody nobody really has the the science standardized enough to tell people what they should put in the soil. You know, there's rock dust and there's, you know, composting, there's this and that. You can put up some salts on the soil, but we really don't have enough science behind making the soil perfect enough. And the soil has to be alive as well. We have to have a probiotic soil. So I just, you know, from my own experience, I realized I had to go the nutrient way. And around that same time, I was traveling in Europe doing um, doing the uh, Codex Alimentaris meetings. Do you know about Codex Alimentaris? No. It's a in the um, it started in Germany with the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization, and they were trying they were standardizing food and dietary supplements. Uh, for shipping across country borders. Now, this was all we got, you know, we want everything to be safe and everything. And when I went to the meetings, you know, what we were hearing is we don't, we don't want dietary supplements to interfere with drugs. So we want low potency supplements in um, synthetic form so that they won't make people feel better and so people won't stop their drugs. I mean, they didn't say all those words. In terms of food standardization, they wanted to allow as much toxic material and heavy metals in the food as possible to appease the manufacturers. So, you know, you'd have countries standing up and saying, well, you know, um, you're allowing all these toxins in uh, bottled milk and why you know why aren't you supporting breast milk and these people were embarrassed and humiliated about their questions about trying to um, maintain a good diet and and nutrients for the body i mean it was horrendous so i realized right then and i wasn't re- i wasn't in the business of a supplement company at that time this was 2004 2005 and I thought man if I ever had a supplement company I'd go low dose food-based and well absorbed you know all that and that's what I finally had to do in 2014 but I learned that lesson that um this Codex Elementaris, we short form it Codex, they created laws around the world that um, Canada succumbed to, Australia and the UK, where you cannot get high potency nutrients um, like you used to. And they're trying to do that in America now. Wow. So that's, an, you know, it's another layer that 
it, I suppose, what is it, almost 20 years ago that this was happening. You know, it was going on many years before I sort of joined in the fray. And, you know, it's not even talked about. That's crazy. There's so many things that, that you know, I've lived through. I mean, I was... I was around in the time when my um, the city I did my medicine in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It didn't even have a health food store. Wow! I I've been around since um, the first supplements began. They were food based. They couldn't be anything else. And then the the chemical companies got involved and said, "Oh well, this chemical structure looks just like this one." Let's just substitute this synthetic coal tar-based uh, nutrient. No one will know the difference. But you see my hands? One is a, a right-rotating and one is a left-rotating um, mo- molecular compound. They aren't the same. You try to put this in, in a receptor site when it's looking for that. And that's, that's why you have to force high-dose nutrients when they're synthetic i went through the years when you know naturopaths mostly i did um it was naturopaths that were interested in in nutrients i i didn't know any doctors i was the only doctor in my naturopathic class so they would give these synthetics and oh well you know the rda of b vitamins is two and four and five milligrams but that, that's not working with the synthetics. Let's use 10 milligrams. Oh, well, maybe 25. I mean, there are 100 milligram um, dosings of B complex on the market now just to force the body to take it in. And it, wow. I mean, that, that actually can be why um, many of the supplement studies don't show good results because they're just they're using crap wow that's crazy yeah and we can thank at least here in america um we can thank my state utah with orrin hatch as a senator i don't know 20 30 years ago that dysregulated you know basically all supplements you can put anything in a bottle and call it anything right (laughs) yeah yeah deshay dietary health uh, education act it's it's awesome it saved our our behind for so many years and Durban now is trying to stop all that. Wow. Um, yeah, the drug company, when part of my, what we called it the health freedom movement back in the mid twenties was um, lobbying Ottawa and Canada and Washington. We would sit in these senators, you know, meeting rooms, uh, sometimes with the Senator, but usually with their, their top aides. And we were told point blank, well, you know, with all the with all the funding from drug companies and what do you call it? The, they pay people to um, like lobbyists to um, lobby <laughs> the the Senate. They were told these, these senators were told if you promote dietary supplements, we will take the the drug industry off out of the country. And they did that anyway, but they threatened um, these senators with whatever so that they wouldn't promote dietary supplements. So that's why you don't see any promotion uh, in the allopathic medical field. You don't see doctors talking about supplements because they didn't learn about it in med school. But as soon as you do it, you know, the 
the hospital comes after them, the peers come after them. I mean, you can imagine what I went through in med school when I was uh, bringing my homemade yogurt into class and <laughs> <laughs> and, and doing my uh, one of my side uh, treatments was acupuncture. So wow. I had this apple and I, I practiced my acupuncture technique on this apple. So, you know, I, I put up with a lot of ridicule because uh, even in first, second year med school, these, these um, students are brainwashed. Yeah. They are totally brainwashed. So anyway, where were we, Casey? Well, let's start really high level. What is magnesium and how do we, how do we use it in the body? All right. Magnesium is um, a mineral. It's a very important electrolyte that, that keeps the heart rhythm in balance. And it, it's so hard to measure in the body that it isn't even on the electrolyte panel of your blood test. So what am I been saying? Uh, magnesium is responsible for 80% of your non-metabolic functions for making muscles and nerves work. What's your heart? One big muscle. They don't even measure your magnesium when you have any sort of heart problems. So they don't know what's going on. Magnesium, when it's depleted, will be pulled out. When it's depleted in the blood, um, in order to keep your blood at a level to try to keep your heart in balance, um, magnesium will be pulled out of your muscles and, and your bones. So you can actually be getting muscle cramps in, in your legs that show you're deficient just to keep your heart muscle operating. And this business about measurement, the measurement they use for magnesium is serum magnesium. The best measurement is an ionized uh, magnesium. It shows how many ions of magnesium are in your body, which is what I was saying that the product I worked on is an ionized magnesium. So you're going to have decent levels if you take an ionized magnesium. So the the range of the level of serum magnesium is really tiny. And um, it has to stay in that range. If it's really low, then people say, oh, okay, let's give them some magnesium. And I've had a ton of you know, patients and then telephone clients and now customers say to me, wow, when I was in hospital and they gave me that IV magnesium drip, I felt great. And then when I get home, I crashed again. And then when my doctor said to take magnesium oxide, I get the laxative effect and I don't know what to do. Magnesium oxide became the, the magnesium of choice because some really brilliant uh, lady owner of a magnesium company, magnesium oxide company, she um, gave a ton of free supplements to uh, mineral researchers back in the day. So they did their all their research on magnesium oxide. Wow. And magnesium oxide, as we know now, is only 4% absorbed. Yeah. And the rest of it is a laxative. Even at 4% absorption, the all the research showed positive benefits with magnesium, probably because we were so depleted. Everyone. And, you know, sidebar, this... Um, magnesium L3 and 8 um, magnesium that 
is a patented drug. You know, drug companies probably own it. It's expensive as heck. And they did a rat study that showed that, oh, there's 7% more absorption in the spinal cord of the of these rats than a magnesium citrate. So it's the only one that'll get into your brain. Wow. So with all that layer of lies, they make everybody feel, oh, three and eight is the best for the brain. And then there are other other myths and stories about, oh, and malate is good for the, the muscles and taurate is good for the heart. Seriously, it's all about the magnesium. And in terms of the magnesium three and eight, three and eight itself has mental, emotional balancing effects. So what's the real effect of magnesium three and eight? And when you look at the labeling, a thousand milligrams of magnesium three and eight, they'll put on the front of the bottle. Oh my gosh, great. I'm getting a thousand milligrams of magnesium. You turn it over. Oh, by the way, you have to take two of these pills to get 144 milligrams of elemental magnesium. So I would have to take 20 of those pills to get what I was getting with a teaspoon of my liquid magnesium. So the whole, I mean, the whole industry, seriously, it got, it got totally um, invaded by kind of disaffected drug company people who thought, oh, there must be a better way. You know, I don't quite like killing so many people with these drugs. Let me try something else. So they came into the nutrient market and brought all their marketing hype and techniques and, and you know, I don't mind capitalism. You know, I've, I have fared very well with capitalism, but they just bought so much, brought so much hype into the industry that, you know, we can't see a way out. We wow. really can't see a way out. Wow. Well, I do want to talk to you about the different types of supplemental um, <clears throat> magnesium that we can take. But before we do, what about food sources? I know that plants can be a little bit difficult because we've depleted the soil and it's harder for the plants to kind of upcycle that and provide that as nutrition for us. But where, where are the best food sources classically of magnesium? Well, classically, it's supposed to be um, deep green leafy vegetables and grains. And fish, mild fish bones have mostly calcium. So grains and vegetables. What's happened in the past um, eh, 10, 15 years, the keto diet. What are we supposed to avoid? Carbs. So um, I think that, I mean, I do the pretty much the keto diet and intermittent fasting. I think it's awesome. But I think it only works for me because I take my, my liquid minerals, there are various of them. I take my food-based Bs and C and, and my omegas and A, D, and E. So I, I think that when you go on restrictive diets, you're missing out on the nutrients. The, the body keeps looking for them and keeps you hungry and all the rest of it. Fat is great because you know, the slow burn of fat keeps you feeling satisfied. But, you know, they talk about the keto flu and the various um, side effects or symptoms of a ketogenic diet. I think it's it's a nutrient deficiency. And, you know, even when you look at the carnivore diet, the, um, the pathway of gluconeogenesis, you know, glucose newly created, 
happens when you have a high protein diet. You will make your glucose out of protein. So you're you're never going to be without some, you know, very important glucose. And and like you've said, Casey, I've heard you in your podcast say, look, at any one time you've only got four or five grams of sugar in your blood. That's one teaspoon. Tiny. And what are people yeah, what are people doing with sugars? Well, yeah, let me do the sugar story real quick. Um, you've got 10 teaspoons of sugar in, in um, the non-sugar-free diet, I'm sorry, non-sugar-free sodas diet has a worse thing with the aspartame that breaks down into wood alcohol. Um, my, um, the board that uh, came after me, the College of Physicians and Surgeons Board, they were first tipped off because I did a, I did a TV show on sugar, um, national TV show in, in um, Canada. And I did this around the Christmas time. I was, I was uh, tipping out, um, oh, well, you know, there are 10 teaspoons of sugar in a can of soda. And there were kids in the audience and they'd show their faces. <gasps> and there, there are 20 teaspoons of sugar in a milkshake. <gasps> and the Sugar Institute of Canada came after me. Because I said bad things about sugar. That's crazy. I don't know that why. A, that was. Mm. I don't know why I let those kinds of things surprise me anymore. It's it's insane. <laughs> I know, I know. But again, look where I am. So, um, the okay, the magnesium. You know, they it's the different types of them we talked about. We talked about magnesium oxide. Where are we going now? So, yeah. So let's talk about the different types. You always see that this type, malate is good for this, or citrate is good for this. Is that true, first of all, that different forms of magnesium are better for certain things, or is that kind of baloney? It's kind of marketing strategy. Um, The malic acid in the magnesium malate, they say, it was helpful for people with um, fibromyalgia and all the rest of it. But, you know, eat an apple for Pete's sakes. Mm. You know, what you're after is the magnesium. And what happens in the body is, um, you know, the a compound will disassociate and come back together. So, for example, my magnesium citrate, it's, it's disassociated all the time. So that that magnesium ion is free to go into the into the cells and do its work, whereas um, something that's not a stabilized ion, a magnesium citrate, taurate, glycinate, gluconate, it will be a compound that'll disassociate for a snap second and then bind right back up because magnesium is so reactive. So you're at any one time, you're only going to get a few um, or let's say a small percentage of the magnesium ions able to be uh, absorbed into the cell. And then when you look at, I've already talked about the three and eight, a thousand, well, it, it ends up being 2000 milligrams is only 144 milligrams of elemental magnesium. It's the same for all the different magnesiums. There'll be a compound, there'll be 500 milligrams of the compound, and that'll be anywhere from 200 milligrams down to 75 milligrams of the magnesium component that you really want. 
So whatever's attached to the magnesium, yeah, okay, it can be doing something. But what you're really looking for is what magnesium will do to 80% of known metabolic functions. So, and, you know, the studies about magnesium oxide showing that something that's 4% absorbed can be useful. I just always said to people, it's what you absorb. It's, it's not what you swallow or what's on the label. It's what gets absorbed in the cells. And, you know, how many of your guests talk about cellular um, health and cellular oxidation? In the cells, you know, you've got your Krebs cycle that makes the ATP energy. In the Krebs cycle, there, there are eight steps. Four to six of those steps require magnesium. Mm. And wh- whoever talks about that, you know, it, 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 and it, it's usually people who they'll, they'll pay lip service to magnesium, but then they'll say, I don't want to get the laxative effect. So they, they never stop to, well, which is what I had to do for my personal health. They never stop to say, well, how can I make it less laxative? And there were people that said, okay, the Epsom salts baths. And then there was the magnesium chloride um, uh, oil. You know, we would super saturate magnesium chloride in distilled water and then put that all over ourselves. You know, I had these huge body rashes from, from you know, the irritation from all that wow. stuff. So we were trying really hard to find alternatives and, you know, I, I was just very fortunate to, to create something that you can take by mouth that will help to saturate the whole body. Yeah, that's so interesting. I was actually going to ask you, I know we've already talked about Epsom salt baths, but topical application <laughs> of magnesium. What do we know about that? Can that be useful for some people? I've heard that for um, like restless legs at night, that's a really good solution. What would you say about that? Absolutely. It's, it's absorbed really, really well. I have this story in my magnesium miracle book about a woman who, you know, put in a few pounds of Epsom salt into her bath and and lay down and maybe nodded off for a little bit, but she had to get up really fast because she had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> she got the laxative effect from absorbing so much magnesium. I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. Okay. So we've been calling it laxative effect and that's about the most mild term we can describe. If you have ever taken magnesium <laughs> supplements or know people who do, you know, it's, it's a little bit more severe than a laxative effect. <laughs> I've heard some pretty amazing, um, and sometimes not mm-hmm. so great stories. <laughs> Well, Casey, you know, if you've ever had a colonoscopy, you know that they give you like an Epsom salt drink to flush you out. Wow. I, and I didn't know that. Why, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I am magnesium sulfate. I think they've gone to a petroleum product since then, but, but that was your go-to laxative. And that's why maybe medical doctors don't get involved with giving people magnesium because they know it's a laxative they use for colonoscopies. They know it's not on the electrolyte panel. You know, they, they talk down patients who say, well, you know, magnesium really helps me. You know, they'll, they'll create this altercation and they never see that patient again. So they never, they never learn. Wow. <laughs> it's, wow. It's terrible. That is you terrible. know, people who, yeah, patients, uh, not, uh, well, yeah, patients, but now customers will tell us that, well, they told their doctor they they took a 
you know, my magnesium for their atrial fibrillation. And they will get screamed at that, you know, that's no way to treat it. You have to take these drugs for life. You're never going to get over it. And here's your prescription for another cardiac ablation surgery for your atrial fibrillation. That could be, it could be magnesium deficiency, but, you know, the FDA won't let me say that. Wow. Wow. So interesting. Besides food, I I did want to also ask you about water. One thing that occurs to me is most of our drinking water through our evolution was probably spring water, which means it was coming up from the earth. It was being filtered by Mm -hmm. all kinds of rocks and minerals. We have one not too far away from us. It's about 20 miles away where it it literally takes the water like 10,000 years to go just a few miles before it comes out into a spigot into a city park. And anytime I'm in that area, I try to fill up as many bottles as I can because it's absolutely wonderful. This water is alive and vibrant and you can, it's like the mouthfeel is almost like more viscous. It's really thick and delicious. And I believe a lot of that is coming from the mineral content, but we don't drink our water like that very often anymore. Can doing things like either supplementing our water or, you know, drinking certain types of waters, like I wonder about like Gerald Steiner or Sal Pellegrino or like Topo Chico, is, is that an additional way that we can get more minerals through our water or is that just not sufficient? I don't think it's sufficient. There are mineral springs that are high in magnesium, but that, you know, that can be costly, especially the shipping. I tell people to put sea salt in their water, a good sea salt that has some color to it. So, you know, it hasn't been refined. And um, my water hydration um, uh, guideline is you take your body weight, divide that in half. And take and drink that many ounces of water. So 100 pounds, 50 ounces, and in each liter of water, put a quarter teaspoon of a good sea salt. Mm. And you don't start off that way. You start with a pinch and slowly increase it. You get to the point where when you drink plain water, it tastes, you know, bland and blah. Um, the salt is, you know, most of it will dissolve. There are upwards of 72 minerals in a good sea salt. And these are minerals that haven't been tested. You know, we know only a certain amount of about a dozen or so minerals. Um, I mean, what are all these other minerals doing? So the sea salt, good hydration, and then, you know, uh, obviously I personally have to take my own remake. And here's another thing, um, Casey is, um, I talked about t- my taking 1,200 milligrams for that year, year and a half. Yeah. Well, now I only need 300 to 450 milligrams. Yeah. You've, you've you caught know, yourself back up and now it's more like a maintenance. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like um, a, a drug where you have to take more and more and more to get the same effect. You are just, you know, giving your body its building blocks. I mean, that's, Another phrase I use all the time is if you give the body the building blocks it needs to to detoxify. So what's that? That's your magnesium, your methylated B vitamins for your your methyl um, detoxification pathways in your liver. It's some um, sulfur-based uh, amino acids for your sulfation detoxification uh, pathways. The eggs that you love are, you know, that's your sulfur. I mean, that is so important. On um, on our farm, Casey, we have 800 chickens. What? That's amazing. 800 chickens. So we, we're just, we're totally inundated with eggs. So um, 
I've got some freeze dryers, uh, two at the farm and one down here. So we're going to freeze dry eggs and see what happens with them. That's amazing. I love that. I can't wait to hear about that. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. talked about this salt. I will have to give a shout out to two local companies around here. We're lucky enough to have Redmond, uh, Red, uh, Real Salt. They're just you know two or three hours down the road, and that's an ancient seabed. So it is still sea salt. It has that wonderful color to it. It just hasn't been like adulterated from our polluted oceans. So that's one that I use quite mm-hmm. a bit. And then really just right yeah. down the road, like about five miles away, we have Keto Chow, and they make a solution, a really salty solution called electrolyte drops and fasting drops. And I'll just take the bottle and tip it and get some of that electrolyte. Mm-hmm. Some of it at least is taken from the Great Salt Lake. And it makes this, you're right, like a really delicious water that has a much better mouthfeel. And you go back to drinking mm-hmm. filtered, like you said, and the filter just is totally, um, what's the word? It's like flat. It just, it doesn't like flat. hit that spot. It doesn't quench your thirst. It's not alive. It is dead water. That's a good way to say it. And, you know, you were talking about the, you know, uh, there's a certain even milkiness or thickness to spring water that comes from the mountains down through the valley to the floodplain where we were supposed to grow our food. All that is stopped. I mean, the the long-lived communities in the world live... Uh, as I understand it, in the mountains and they drink from the streams and the streams are milky with minerals. I mean, it's, there's so much that we can just look at, you know, uh, uh, whatever, uh, ancestrally or, or just the observation. I mean, how many people have told you when they, when they're in Europe and they're climbing mountains and everything, how healthy they feel. It's not just the, the air quality, it's the water. Yeah. And um, so what we've done is we've dammed up those streams. We've had, um, we put housing on the floodplains. We relegate the the farming to land that, that really has no minerals. It, it never started with minerals. And then we put, you know, the glyphosate, um, uh, GMO stuff, all that on the soil. And we kill it. We bind up the minerals so that they don't even have a chance to get into the plant. Wow. It's so sad. You're right. You're right about Europe. So funny. Um, one of my clients went to France a few months ago and talked about these like artesian wells everywhere. And each one will have even like notes about the water and its flavor and its profile and all that stuff. Another client just, just today I ran into him. He just got back from Italy. He ate everything. They went over there and he said he went way off his diet. He ate everything. They walked a ton. He didn't gain a pound. And so between the quality yeah. of the food that they have over there versus the crap that we have here, and, you know, moving around. And I'm, I'm sure you're right. Water quality must have been a huge part of that. I, I really do believe that. So interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you. Th- well, hey, let me just interrupt, Casey, because you know this, that that adult bodies are like 85, 90 percent water or, you know, 75, 80 percent water. So we we have to have good water and water and minerals go together when minerals go into cells, it pulls the water in. If you're deficient in minerals, your cells are dehydrated and they won't do their processing. I mean, it's, 
Yeah, huge problem. Say no more. Yeah, huge problem. Wow. Well, thank you. That was really well explained. I do want to touch a little bit on the interaction between uh, magnesium and calcium, because I think most people get really confused about this, especially when it comes to supplementation. People are told to supplement with a bunch of calcium when that may or may not be the best advice. Can you tell us a little bit about those interactions in the body between magnesium and calcium? Yeah, they... um there's supposed to be a ratio of calcium to magnesium. And apparently that was a misinterpretation of a French researcher who said, never take uh, more than two times calcium to one time, one part magnesium. Never, never, never. And it was interpreted that, oh, you have to have two parts calcium to one part magnesium. And come to find out that then you know, we went into this calcium fortification and and women were told, I guess it, maybe it's going on 25 years now to take um, calcium for their bones because, oh, look, this bone is mostly made up of calcium. If you take a piece of calcium carbonate, like a big piece of chalk, and drop it on the floor, it will shatter. So the bone is not just calcium, as you know. I mean, there are dozens of, well, maybe 17 different minerals and different things that are required to make bone, but the most important is magnesium. So the flexibility of bone, you know, when kids are young, they, they don't break as easy. They, they've got a, a higher ratio of magnesium to the calcium. So what I know from looking at the whole calcium picture is aging is partly related to calcification. When we look at uh, a lack of magnesium, it means calcium is not soluble in the blood and it, it is not directed to the bones and teeth. Magnesium will solubilize the calcium in the blood and bring it to where it's supposed to be. If calcium is not solubilized, it will start precipitating in joints, you know, heel spurs, gallstones, kidney stones, um, just aches and pains throughout the whole body with calcifications. So we even, you know, like the carotid arteries, yeah. they'll calcify. The heart arteries for Pete Fakes will calcify. And what do we do? We, we go in with rotorooters and try to scrape off the calcium. Now, the calcium, when it de- um, deposits in, in um, arteries, it's usually as a Band-Aid along with cholesterol for some sort of damage of the, of the walls, of the lining of the arteries. Now, what's damaging those walls and arteries is probably a lack of good fats. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the PUFAs, all the, you were talking about uh, canola oil in one of your podcasts, and canola oil is the original GMO. It's not just a horrible rapeseed. That's what it's called, rapeseed. So they had to change that name. <laughs> but it, it's genetically engineered. And and it's just, and being an omega-6 fatty acid, which is pro-inflammatory, it just throws everything off balance. I mean, I had this, I had this experience uh, just uh, two months ago where I got kind of addicted to cauliflower bites. So it's, um, I thought it was um, air fried, uh, kind of dehydrated and air fried cauliflower because it's nice and crunchy. 
I finally looked at the package because my joints were feeling weird. I said, what am I eating? And it was all omega-6 oil. Oh, and then sunflower and safflower and maybe canola. And I just, and as soon as I, yeah, as soon as I stopped eating it, you know, my joints were better. Wow. So yeah, we all, we have to, we have to keep reading labels. You know, the health food stores have become such a, a marketing uh, enterprise because they will put, you know, they'll put keto on everything, for example. Exactly. And then you look and, and it's a sugar free. So what does it have? It's got erythritol, it's got um, alcohol, alcohol sugars or sugar alcohol. And some people react to them. I mean, xylitol, some people get the laxative effect with xylitol. And uh, the marketing of the, I can't believe how fast keto caught on, but it was because of the marketing behind yep. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you mm-hmm. see products from all kinds of companies and you're right, you look at the ingredients and it's a train wreck. It's like, just go eat some eggs for heaven's sakes. Like, go to your farm, you've got 800 chickens, no shortage of eggs there. Yeah, yeah that's so interesting. Okay, so I do want to go back to the list of the 65 conditions that you mentioned. And oh my goodness, like reading through it in your book, it's like pages and pages and pages. Like, holy smokes, this is the condition. You do a great job writing about you know what the mechanisms are so it's easy to understand, which I really love. So what are some of the more common ones that people can relate to that will be easy signs for them to know that they are um, deficient in magnesium? And then I'd also love to ask you, what are some of the really surprising ones that you learned about later on? Maybe they're not as common, but are, are still related to magnesium in ways that would surprise people. Yeah, good question. Um, I think the common ones are leg cramps, you know, the Charlie horse leg cramps. I mean, seriously, you'll you'll um, be in bed and you'll stretch out your legs, you know, you'll point your toes and then ah, you can, the pain is just incredible. I used to get those. What you have to do is either, um, you know, um, what is it? Flex, extend, flex your feet back. So it looks like you're standing up or roll out of bed as quick as you can and stand up and then it's gone. Mm. So it, you know, it's a muscle spasm. Those are horrible. And those are magnesium deficiency. Restless legs is, um, can be magnesium deficiency, but I think potassium can also be involved. You know, it's, um, it's sort of a, a tingly um, feeling in the legs. I've never had it. So the nerves are involved. Maybe it just needs more magnesium than people have been taking. So muscles, twitching, the heart palpitations is huge. I mean, can you imagine you're there, you know, which is what I went through, um, your heart's beating and then it'll, it'll thump and it'll catch your breath. It's terrifying. And people, yeah, yeah. And you know, people will go to the dog, well, they'll go to the emergency and they oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. And then to be told, well, you know, you do have a little rhythm thing, but I think it's anxiety. So here, take Xanax or maybe you're depressed. So that's where the drugs come in. Insomnia is huge. Migraines are huge. Seriously, the drugs given for migraines are, they, they're like, Terrible. They could kill a horse. Yeah. 
the side effects, but the pain is so horrible with migraines. But I mean, there are doctors who've um, written papers who say, you know, magnesium deficiency is the cause of migraines. Do this before you do anything else. And and a lot of this is just not listened to. It's um, unless it's drug based, somehow it just falls off. Anyway, so um, muscles, nerves, all the, the burning and tingling that people have in their feet, it can be like a diabetic uh, type um, neuropathy. It can be excess sugar. The whole thing about sugar, you know, there, there's, there's a, a group of people now saying, oh, sugar's good, you know, it gives me a high, I feel good. Seriously, long-term, <clears throat> not even long, long-term, but uh, you take sugar, this um, 10 teaspoons in your in your drink, and your body's only supposed to have five teaspoons. What happens? You got 15 teaspoons in there. Your insulin has to come out. It has to get rid of that sugar, throw it into the cells as quick as it can. So then you have a, a sugar drop. You have a hypoglycemic attack, maybe. You want to eat more sugar. And what happens at the cellular level, you get this, um, it becomes glucose then. So you, you put glucose into a cell and the metabolism of glucose into the cell um, creates sorbitol, another type of sugar in its you know, breakdown process. Sorbitol is too big to get out of the cell. So it's in the cell killing everything in sight. So you've actually got this, you know, cell death uh, from sugar. The other thing about sugar that people don't realize is um, it's very close in chemical structure to ascorbic acid. Now, whether you, you know, I know all about whole C, uh, whole food vitamin C, I work with that. And I also work with ascorbic acid. I, I think they both have a place. Um, so the chemical structure being almost equivalent of glucose and vitamin C means that when you take that hit of soda, you knock out your vitamin C for five or six hours. So your immune system tanks. So um, I, I, they compete, I should be more clear, they compete for absorption into the cell. Yeah. So when they're competing like that and the glucose gets in, it, the receptors are bound up, they're u- utilized by the glucose, and they don't allow vitamin C to get to the receptors or be absorbed into the cell to do their work. Um, the thing that surprised me a lot about, uh, about magnesium is when when people start getting saturated, you know, they're taking a couple of teaspoons of uh, my type of um, magnesium. After about two or three months, they start detoxing. They're, oh, I've got a rash. Oh, what's going on? You know, I've got a coated tongue. You know, my vaginitis is back. They're dumping yeast. Mm. So it really taught me that magnesium is very important for detoxification and it also reinforced my kind of belief system Um, a belief is a thought you've been thinking a long time so I had this thought for a long time that um, 
you don't want to uh, overwhelm the body with detoxification. I never start a person ever on, oh, we got to do a colon detox. Oh, we got to detox your liver. The liver harbors so many viruses, you don't want to release them. With the uh, constipation, the intestines, you, you get their magnesium right because the the magnesium, its effect on the muscles in the body is that they they no longer cramp up. They, they're not sort of rigid. The muscles in the intestines are working properly. It's called peristalsis. And you have normal bowel movement, but it's not a laxative bowel movement. It's just a normal function bowel, bowel movement. Mm. So there. Wow, that's incredible. So, okay, so you, you mentioned your product, and I, I would like to ask you, using your product, what, what would be some, like, protocols that you would put people on? Do people start, you know, right away with a higher dose? Are they safe with a higher dose? Um, I know that magnesium is fairly safe in, in any form, really, to take, because if you take too much, your body can really kind of deal with it pretty easily. And especially when yeah. we're talking about testing, and testing's a little bit difficult and can't really tell you that much, it, do, maybe we don't even need the testing we can just start taking the product but but i would love to hear your insight as to like where people should start with taking it right with um with the magnesium and i'm i'm not going to mention names i mean people can go to my website but with the magnesium we have to be careful as a dietary supplement company uh to not overwhelm people so we actually just tell people to start with hydration put your sea salt in you know, right away, people actually start feeling better because they're hydrated and they have some minerals. And then we just start with a quarter teaspoon and say every couple of days, add a quarter teaspoon and build up to two or three teaspoons in the beginning to, to get everything going. And then as time goes on, they can pull back. So we begin there and then um, either concurrent or uh, you can start it before. We do have a uh, a methylated food-based B vitamin with uh, two sulfur amino acids, a precursor to glutathione and um, a taurine, which supports the heart. Boom. That's major detoxification plus um, nerve and adrenal support. The second set of minerals is a multiple, and that has 12 minerals. Nine of those minerals are necessary for thyroid hormone production. And this was seriously an amazing experience for me because, you know, doing the research and I realized all this, and here I am on six, was on 60 milligrams of armor thyroid. So we were doing the test uh, runs of this multiple mineral. And after six weeks, my hands were warm. My feet were warm. Wow. You know, I I started feeling actually a little hyper. So um, I don't recommend you do it this way, but I, I just stopped my armor thyroid. It hadn't done that much to me in all those years, but most people should just wean off. So there was there were my minerals supporting my thyroid function. Now, at the same time, the, the, the REMAG is supporting my adrenals. You know, sex hormones, thyroid, and adrenals, they all, they're like a tripod. They right. work together. And, you know, when I hear practitioners, and, and see, the thing is, Casey, I come from a clinical ba background. Everything I do is based on 
me knowing how I feel on certain diets and foods and me discussing with patients, them going on, me getting feedback. It's totally clinical oriented. It's not like I read a research paper. Oh my gosh, I I should uh, tell everybody to take this. You know, I don't I don't do that type of experiment on people. Everything I do is based on clinical results. So um, clinically, we found out about the thyroid, and then I realized, oh, the adrenals are being supported by the B vitamins and the magnesium and vitamin C. So that was the next area is to look at vitamin C and the importance of vitamin C for all the collagen in the body, the collagen in, you know, lining your arteries and the collagen in your ligaments and, and the collagen, I think it's a protein that makes up, a, you know, the highest percentage in your body, collagen. And we don't even think about it, except, you know, the bone broth people got into it. No, we got to take collagen. Well, you need vitamin C to make your own collagen. And, and that brings me back to building blocks, building blocks. You know, I, why take um, glutathione, which is, it, it's rapidly metabolized in the liver. You really don't get much out of it unless it's a, a phosphatidyl um, uh, product. But anyway, I give um, people the precursors to glutathione. And on your own time, when the body's ready for that, priority, your body will start to detoxify, which is what I talked about with them. All of a sudden, people are detoxing their yeast. Yeast is uh, is natural in the large intestines. It helps to, to eat up the undigested food and kind of get rid of it. Yeast and mold, the, those are living creatures that if you didn't have mold and fungus in, in nature, all the dead trees will be still piled up, you know, to the sky. You need right. fungus mold and yeast to break break down um, dead and rotting material. So when you think of people having yeast overgrowth, they've killed off their good bacteria with antibiotics. They've encouraged yeast overgrowth with a birth control pill and um, cortisone cortisol type hormones and stress and sugar. Yep. You feed your yeast with sugar. Yep. So the yeast over, you know, they start marching up from the large intestine into the small intestine. They start poking holes. They, they lead to leaky gut and those symptoms of leaky gut, which are caused by the 78 different yeast toxins that are, are formed during yeast metabolism and, and they're absorbed into the bloodstream. And that's your brain fog, that's your joint problems, that's symptoms from head to foot. Every mucous membrane can be coated with, with a, a white coating. You know, you have sinus problems. And what do you do for sinus problems? You take more antibiotics. That's right. Whereas what you, what you could do is take a, a liquid picometer size stabilized silver product that I happen to have and you squirt that in your nostrils and voila you no longer have a yeast yeast sinusitis most um, sinusitis I think it might have been the Mayo Clinic had a study that they they pulled in a long time ago but they said 97% of sinus infections are are mold and fungus related wow yeah Mm -hmm. wow 
Well, that is an amazing explanation. I do love the building block kind of approach. You've already mentioned intermittent fasting, and that's kind of what my mind goes to. Like intermittent fasting is such such an amazing tool because you're kind of getting out of your way and you're letting your body do what it should do anyway and clean things up and with autophagy and mm-hmm. and and run you know our mm-hmm. cells the correct way. Which yeah, I, I I look at those two things very similarly. Dr. Carolyn D, this has been an amazing conversation. It's so educational. I've definitely learned a lot, uh, and I'm really excited excited to try your product for sure. Can you? tell our audience where that they can go to find you and connect with you and your work. And will you tell us a little bit about your company and where people can find that as well? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my educational site, which we have to separate it from, uh, from the product side because the, F- the FDA doesn't want me telling people that nutrients can help their diseases. Only drugs can treat disease. So the edu- educational site is drcarolindean.com drcarolindean.com and we've had to go a bit behind a firewall Casey because uh, again the FDA seriously they they will not let me talk about my nutrients and the product site is rnareset.com so I was resetting RNA a long time ago rnareset.com and um I have huge customer service uh, people. Everybody in the company is on the product. They're all, um, they've all been um, in a situation where they felt hopeless, hopeless and helpless. And they started the products and somehow ended up working in the company. It, That's amazing. It's amazing. What a cool testimonial. What a cool testimonial. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Awesome. Well, we will link those in the show notes. Dr. Carolyn Dean, thank you again so very much for having this conversation. Hey, what do you call me, Doc? Uh, seriously, you should be calling me Carolyn. Did Carolyn. I let that happen? Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've, earned, you've earned the title either way. But, <laughs> but Carolyn, thank you so very much for everything you do. Thank you for your work, and thank you for making time to come on our show today. We really appreciate you. And thanks to you. I really appreciate it. And thank Bethany, too. I will for sure. Thank you. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It has been such a joy to go on this journey now that it's been two years of doing these episodes and all the amazing conversations that we've had with thought leaders and to be able to share this message around the world with literally hundreds of thousands of people has been so amazing. If you haven't already, please go over to Apple, leave us a rating and review as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and touch more lives of people out there. I am so excited to announce that we are launching the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. This is something that I have been working really hard at for a very long time and something I am very proud of. Now that we have done over 300 episodes, our content can be a little bit overwhelming if you really want to learn about one particular topic and really zero in on that topic. So that is exactly what I have done. I have gone through all of our episodes, taken the very best clips all about one particular topic and put them into long-form 
very informative and concise episodes called the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. That can be found on our brand new Patreon page, which I'm really excited to announce as we have all kinds of different offers there and different tiers. We're including early releases of our show, Boundless Body Radio. We typically keep about 15 to 20 episodes scheduled at any given time. So we have options there where you can have early access to those. We are also offering group and one-on-one coaching and also access to these premium podcast episodes, the Balanced Body Radio Premium Podcast. We have three that are launching right now, and I will be making a new one every other week. And we believe that we are providing these for a very, very high value. So please check us out on Patreon. Check the link in the notes to be able to get there. And thank you, as always, for listening to Boundless Body Radio.